All right, here we go. Acts chapter 2. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 40. We're talking about building a church with a unified mission. Acts chapter 2, verse 40 says this, And with many other words, he, being Peter, the apostle Peter, is uh, testifying and he's exhorting the people, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly, uh, not in uh, someone else's doctrine, not in, uh, you know, a denominational doctrine, come on somebody, but in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Fellowship is important. In the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, that's a reverence, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Look down at verse 46, it says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with what? Gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. It is something when you are a people who are on one accord. When you're on one accord, that's the work that you have to do, is just to be on one accord. Because the Bible doesn't say that they put a bunch of programs together, they did a bunch of evangelistic things, uh, you know, they, they performed and did some different things, and they went out and got people and forced them to come uh, to join them. No, it says that they were all on one accord, and the Lord added to the church daily. Those who would receive his word, the Lord added to the church daily. Look over at 1 Corinthians. There's something about being on the same page. Listen to how, uh, I'll say how poignant Paul is here in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. Look down at verse 10. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible first. And really take in Paul's words as he speaks to the Corinthians unto yourself. Okay? He says, now I plead with you. Plead. What does that mean? He's begging. The, the King James says, doesn't it say I beseech you? I beseech you. I'm pleading, I'm begging you. I'm not pounding you over the head with it. I'm not slightly suggesting. I am pleading with you. This is that important, okay, that Paul says, I plead with you. I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you but that you not be joined together, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Same mind, same judgment. Now, I believe that a lot of us in church, we see that and we say, well, that's a lofty goal. It sounds good. We should all be together. I mean, even if we, you know, disagree on a bunch of things, but that's okay as long as we come together. But that's not what Paul said. I mean, if you really look at what he's saying, he's saying, I'm ple I plead with you that you speak the same thing. We have to get to the point where we're speaking the same thing. 
Now, I would think about that. What is that same thing that he's talking about? I would believe it would start with this right here, the word of God. Let us all speak the word of God. In your situation, with your circumstances, let us speak the same thing. Because if we could have two different circumstances. We could have the same circumstances and we could speak different things. You could speak this type of negative. I could speak halfway positive. That one over there could be mostly positive but a little negative. We could speak all sorts of different things. But here's what we have in common. No matter what you're going through, no matter what your circumstance, no matter what the enemy is bringing against you, no matter what your body is telling you, no matter what your mind or how it's failing you, no matter how your friends offend you, we have the same thing that we can speak speak I am more than a conqueror in every and it doesn't matter the situation he says I plead with you that you speak the same thing look at another version of this first Corinthians chapter 1 uh, verse 10 amplify says but I urge you believers by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you all be in what kind of agreement full agreement in what you say that there be no divisions or factions but that you be perfectly united in your way of thinking and your judgment about matters of faith another version puts it like this another version of that would say uh, now I urge you brothers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you agree you agree come to an agreement in what you say that there be no divisions and that you be united with the same here's a word understanding and the same conviction. Do you realize that Paul is saying we need to not only just speak the same thing, but I need to speak the same thing because I understand the same thing that you do. And the only way I'm going to understand the same thing you do is seek the Lord for an understanding. Because he has the perfect understanding. He has perfect knowledge and perfect wisdom. We do not. <laughs> All of us could go to the same concert, see the same movie, witness the same event, and have 57 different occurrences that we might speak. But we can go to the one who created us and who knows it all. He can tell us and we'll all speak the same thing. How many know God wants us to have a unified church? Why? Because not only does it benefit the church, he builds his church. But when you're connected in, it benefits you. See, your enemy doesn't want you to be unified. Your enemy doesn't want you to be in unity speaking the same thing together because you're a powerful force when you're able to come together and lock arms and be in lockstep and speak the same thing. Now the gates of hell will not prevail. You'll go in and take back what the enemy stole from you because we are a force to be reckoned with with the word of God. Come on, he wants us to, God wants us to speak the same thing. He's saying it, and I imagine that God would say, how can there be so many different interpretations of what I'm telling you? And it's because you interpret it based on your environment. You interpret it based on your experience. You interpret it based on uh, things in the past or what someone else says. But he says, I'm saying it, seek me. I'll tell you. And let's stop coming up with all these interpretations of Scripture. When the Bible says that, I, that you should not fornicate, come on. I, I don't know how much simpler you can get than that. 
When, when, the, when the Bible says, and we're going to start a new series next week called Moving Mountains, but when he says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will speak to this mountain. Come on. Why do we try to interpret it so many different ways? <laughs> you know what? I think that, uh, you know, we, we've gotten a lot smarter. We're in a college town, so we know this. We've gotten a lot smarter, it seems like, or at least we like to think. You know, we're more knowledgeable. We know more words. We're more, we're more learned. We're more studied. You know, we know different languages. Now, not only do we just read the Bible, but we go back and see what it meant in the Greek. And, uh, you know, half of us don't really understand that it's really an ancient Greek language. So just don't go back to Greek. It's a, it's a language that's not even spoken anymore, right? And so we go, we know what it means in the Greek. And we know what it means in the Hebrew. And I'm going through all these interpretations. And you know what? I've come to the realization. And again, maybe I'm just speaking to myself. But I, I've come to the realization that it's not so much that many of us don't understand Greek and Hebrew. Many of us don't understand English. When we read the Bible and he says you're more than a conqueror. Why do you have to look that up in the Greek? It's okay if you do. Nothing wrong with that, Sister Patty. But I mean, I can say you're more than a conqueror. I don't need to look it up. I mean, in the Greek, it's going to say you're more than a conqueror. If I find it back in the Hebrew, it's going to say you're more than a conqueror. Huh, come on, somebody. <laughs> so sometimes we just don't understand English. And, and what happens is, uh, you know, we, we fall short and the enemy begins to separate us and put a wedge in between us. And, you know, with offenses, we ended last week talking about offenses. I think offenses are one of the greatest dividers that there ever was. Small offenses. You know, the enemy doesn't even really have to do much to divide people. He can set something small right between a people. And what happens is when we don't communicate, come on mirror, when we, don't, when we don't communicate, <laughs> what, one of the things that happens is that small offense becomes a huge offense because in our mind, we see all sorts of different things going on. But instead of talking to the person or figuring it out, we're looking at that thing. And that's where the enemy wants us to keep our mind and our eyes right on that offense or whatever it is that we think is an offense. And it splits us apart, splits us apart. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. But there are benefits of a unified church. There are benefits for the kingdom. There are benefits for the church. And there are benefits for you. There are benefits for you. Let's not get into unity destroyers. There are so many things that will destroy us. That's right. The, an offense is just a That's all it is is a bait stick. The enemy just wants you to get off sides. To get a penalty against you. Come on. But let me just quickly give you seven dynamic results of spiritual unity. Here's what God wants you to know about spiritual unity. First of all, a unified church fulfills a God-given vision. A unified church doesn't fulfill their own vision. A unified church doesn't come together and have a meeting and discuss how should we do this. The first thing a unified church does, and this is why we're having corporate prayer the last Wednesday of this month, a unified church comes together and prays and says, God, what direction should we go in? Where should we go? What, what, what do you want us to do? How should we proceed? We put our face before God, and I, I, and I tell you what, one of the things we do, here, here's what happens is, and tell me if, if you've ever, no, don't tell me, but if you've ever been in this situation, you don't have to say it out loud. You've already got in your mind kind of what, what you think should happen. 
I know what the church should do. I know what the pastor should preach. I know what we should do with children's church. I know the songs that we should do. I, I, I know, I have an idea in my mind already. But what I'm going to do is we're going to come together and pray. And, and so you pray, but you pray with a slant. You pray already knowing what you want to do. And so your prayer now is kind of guided by what you already have in your mind and not by the scripture. And, and so, and so what, what happens then is you don't really wait on the Lord. Jesus told the disciples and future apostles to go to the upper room and you, uh, years ago when I, I grew up in this era, years ago when I was small, they, we used to have these cameras. And uh, the camera, when you took a picture, I mean it was the latest thing on the market. You remember it, Sister Sharon. You remember Brother, Brother James. It was the latest thing on the market, man, because what happens is when you took the picture, this thing, uh, 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 the film produced something that just came right out, like immediately. Polaroid. And then all you had to do was just wave it around, wait for about three minutes, and the image came. I bet young people are like, what in the world? Now it's come back around, so I think it's beginning to get old school popular now again. But I mean, it's nothing like now. Now, I mean in seconds. I could pull out my phone, take a picture of this congregation, upload it to the cloud or wherever I want it to go to Snapchat or Instagram. I mean within 30 seconds, people all around the world. I, I will get likes from the Philippines and wherever else all around the world in 30 seconds. Now, before Polaroids, we had this 35 millimeter film. Many people don't remember that. Some of us remember. And you had to take the film, open up the camera, put it in the camera, put it just right, roll it around a little bit, close the camera, maybe take a couple of pictures or simulated pictures to get it going. Then you're ready now to take a picture. Now, when we take a picture, you have to wait. You can't just take one picture and upload it. You got to wait till all the pictures are done, 24 pictures. And don't let, the, don't let it open up before you're done. Remember that, Pat? Don't let it open up. Now the whole roll's ruined. I hope you didn't have any pictures that you wanted because the whole roll is ruined now. And then we sent this thing off. Once it's done, we, we sent this thing off, Tom, uh, to somewhere, I, only God knows where, to some magical place. And after a few weeks, they did something. They took it into a dark room, and the film had to be developed. It had to be developed. And then they sent it back to us. See, I think we're in a generation now, uh, all of us, uh, but we're in a time and a generation now where we're used to those pictures, taking that picture and uploading it right away. And that's really, well, I won't get into this this morning, but that really has to deal with gifts. See, we're, we're amazed by gifts. But what, what God wants to do with a unified church is he wants his anointing to be here. And sometimes anointing takes time. See, we all want to be reproduced quickly without being developed. God wants to develop you. God wants to develop you. But we don't want to wait. We don't want to study the word. We, don't, we want something to happen right now. Lord, I'm healed. And if we don't feel it in five seconds, all this stuff don't work. Those people talking about healing. No, 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 no. That's, that's not what faith is. That's not what it is. We, you, see, we, we don't want to fulfill someone else's vision. This is God's vision that we're talking about. 
Listen to Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 16. The Bible says, so it was from that time on that half of my servants, Nehemiah is saying, worked that construction. They're rebuilding the wall. I won't go into the whole thing, but they're rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem, okay? And they've already had some people talk about them here in Nehemiah 4 and try to discourage them. And by now, they, you know, they figured out what the people were doing, so the people gave up because they said, oh, you know, God ruined their plan right and so it's saying from that time on half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears the shields and the bows and wore armor and the leaders were behind all the house of Judah notice everybody's doing something here to build this wall those who built on the wall and those uh, who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction the other hand they held a weapon Every one of the believers had his sword girded at his side as he built. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Then I said to all the nobles and rulers and the rest of the people, this work is great and extensive. We're all over the place building this wall. In one hand, they were working. Whatever it is. Maybe I work at Kroger. I'm, I don't know what it is. I'm out in the, I'm out in the, you know, in, in the world, in the marketplace, doing whatever it is I'm working. Maybe I'm working construction. I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, working with disabled children or whatever it is that I'm doing. I'm working. And the other hand, I got my sword. It's with me the whole time. God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Let's always never leave his word <laughs> or forsake it. They had it with them the whole time time working together building so you see it's not just about what I'm saying with this uh, fulfilling a unified vision is it's not we're not going to fulfill a unified vision on Sunday morning when we come together it, you, this isn't the only part of unity that we are see God is always with you and we're always connected and I'm not just talking about the life church I'm talking about the church that's why he wants us to speak the whole thing he wants us to speak the same thing all together you got to understand that we're in the, we're in the same boat. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't know what you're saying in this boat. I don't know if you're causing some leaks in the boat, but we all need to speak the same thing. This boat is going to make it. Jesus getting in the boat, we're going to the other side. Immediately, we're on the other side. Let's speak the same thing. Come on. Speak the same thing. A unified vision. A unified church will be filled with God's glory. It'll be filled with his glory. And it will be evident. His glory will be here when we come together. It, remember in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, it came to pass when the trumpets and the singers and they were all together, they made one sound. They began to make one sound. They were thanking the Lord and the presence of God was so thick. You know the scripture, some of you, uh, that they were, were hardly able to just minister or be there in the presence of the Lord because his spirit was there, his glory was there, and it was so thick. Let me give you a few Hebrew words for glory. One is hater, H-A-D-E-R, hater, not hater like I'm hating on you, but hater. And this word means beautiful excellent majestic the church is to become more excellent not halfway ain't no half stepping in the church come on we're to be excellent in everything that we do another word tohar it means purity and transparent here's here's one of the here's one of the areas that some folks fail when they when they hear a great message 
on faith. And I don't know how any message you give can't include faith. But, uh, but when they hear a great message and what they perceive to be a faith message, and they say, oh, I see, you do these things and speak the word, and uh, you know, that, that's what I need to do. And it's all true. And they begin to do those things, and uh, things are not still working out in their life. It's because that is assuming that you already understand things like integrity and purity. Come on. You're allowing God to work in you those things. You, you can't be out sinning over here and speaking the word over here and expect it to work every time. Now, that's not to say God won't use you. Again, that's where gifts come in because he gives gifts without repentance. So, so that's not to say some things won't happen in your life, but we don't want events in our life. We don't want just events. We want to live that way. We want the just shall live by faith. Not have an event here and an event there by faith. The just shall live. Let me ask you something about live. Uh, how, how many hours of the day do you live? How many? All of them. <laughs> right. 24. You might say, well, you know, about 16 because I'm asleep. When you sleep, you're still living. How many days of the week do you live? I love Eldon's answer, all of them. No matter what you say, I'm living all of them until the day is, until, you know, that day comes, right? All of them. So how many, how often should you walk by faith, live by faith? All of them. <laughs> every moment of every hour, when you go to bed at night and your mind starts wondering, bring it back. Bring your thoughts under the conviction of Christ. Come on. You're walking and living by faith right before you go to sleep. So that way you don't dream about crazy things and somebody chasing you with a knife and all that kind of stuff. Come on. <laughs> you live by faith. Another word for glory is sebi. It, it, and it denotes prominence or conspicuous. And what that means is that the glory of the Lord, not us, but the glory of the Lord is prominent and conspicuous. It's obvious. We know when the glory of the Lord is here. You ever been to, now don't, 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 don't say any names, but you ever been to a church where you kind of walked into church and you heard them singing some songs? Oh, I don't know what we're going to do. And then the preacher comes up, the Lord Jesus with his disciples, he died on the cross and he bled for our sins. You're sitting there thinking, good Lord. I mean, it, this, the church is dead, and you, you're talking about Jesus died on the cross, but that's not the end of it. I mean, he got up, didn't he? I mean, you're singing, uh, you know, you're singing the blues. I don't know if this is a church in Memphis. I mean, what's, what's going on? You're singing the blues, you're preaching the blues, and all this kind of stuff, and you're just dead. And, you know, the Bible says, listen, we're, it, the, the glory of God is prominent. You can tell if it's not there. You can tell if the glory is not there. And so if the glory is not here, we need to change some things up. We need to be more unified. Adoreth is another Hebrew word. It means something broad, expanding, limitless, able to do beyond natural realm. My question to us and myself is when are we going to believe this? Oh yeah, Brother Mike, I believe it. Really? Because are we living it? Are we speaking it? Is it, do we live it 24-7, 365? Come on, until we get to that point. I'm not putting us down. I'm not doing that. But I, I'm trying to build us up. Listen, his, his glory is limitless. His glory is limitless. Come on, it's, and it's expanding. It's everywhere. 
Hod, it means grandeur, awesome, spectacular, and finally kabod. And you've heard this one before. It means weighty. You ever heard the weight of his glory? I mean, it means weighty. It's noteworthy. It's impressive. The glory of the Lord is impressive. And so the unified church will be filled with God's glory. Number three, a unified church will have success in spiritual battles. You will have success in spiritual battles. Don't hope about it. Don't wonder about it. Don't think it might happen. But understand that the unified church will have success in spiritual battles. In Judges 20, 11 says, So all the men of Israel were gathered together against the city, united together as one man. As one man. That's why they were victorious. When Joshua, when the Lord told Joshua to go take Jericho, they went together and they were, they were singing together, blowing the trumpets, making one sound. They were all on one accord and the walls fell down. Come on. As one man, we will have success in spiritual battles. There will be nothing that will be impossible to us if God's word is in us. We're speaking the word and we're all speaking the same thing. Nothing will be impossible. Not overcoming poverty, not overcoming sickness and disease, not overcoming sin, come on, not overcoming those things that so easily beset us, not overcoming relationship problems in our family, whatever it might be, nothing will be impossible to us if we can do this thing together. Why? Because number four, a unified church will have a continual, unlimited supply of the anointing. It never stops. God will not run out. God, he, he, he doesn't have a room back there, and I only got so much anointing. So I'm trying to divvy this out now. I mean, I got, you know, 7 billion people, and I got about 7 billion, 100,000 people worth of anointing. So don't waste it, because I might not have any extra. <laughs> That's not what God is saying. Unlimited supply of anointing. Notice I didn't say unlimited supply of gifting. Come on, unlimited supply of anointing. Oh, there's a place for gifts. Of course, there's a place for gifts. But anybody can have a gift. You don't even have to be a Christian to have a gift in the church. Come on, I'm being serious now. So, yeah, a gifting does have its place, but here's, and I don't have any problem with gifting. Don't think I'm coming against it. I just want to tell you, I said I want to get into this, but just quickly, the difference in it is, if you seek after a gift, you'll get a one-time event. I, I need a healing. And, and sometimes we're at that place. Look, sometimes we're at a place like, Lord, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen next week, but I need you right now. Right now, Lord, right now. Right now. I need something right now. Because I'm, I've been down too long and I'm going through so much and I come up the rough side of the mountain. I need something right now. And so, yes, you go to the gift and uh, whoever may lay hands on you or whatever it might be and you, the money comes through or the healing comes through or whatever it is. But guess what? If all you ran after was the gift, two weeks from now, you're going to be saying, Lord, I need you right now. I need you right now, Lord. But God wants to give you the unlimited supply of anointing so that you can walk by faith and not by sight. 
That means you think nothing's going to ever come against you, but it means you'll know how to navigate the storm because you're anointed to walk through this thing. I'm anointed to walk on water. I, I might, listen, the anointing doesn't, you're not anointed to avoid storms, but you're anointed to go through the storms. You have an anointing of wisdom, anointing of knowledge. You know how to do this thing. Because God gives you an anointing. His Holy Spirit is with you. And it's a continual supply. Listen to this scripture from Psalms. A lot of times we only read maybe the first or second verse. But Psalms 133.1. I love it, brother. Behold how good and pleasant it is for the brethren. That means the brethren and the sistren. To dwell together in unity. It is like precious oil upon the head. Running down the beard the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon, descending upon the mounts, mountains of Zion. For there the Lord, listen, commanded the blessing, live forever. There the Lord commanded the blessing. How did this passage start out? Behold how good and pleasant it is for the saints of God to dwell together in unity because there the Lord commands the blessing. Live forever, God is saying to us. God just, he commands the blessing. I don't have time to go in. He commands it. He commands it on us when we are together. It has no choice. You don't have a choice but to be blessed when we're in unity and when we're together. You don't have a choice. You can't even run from the blessing. Because the blessings will overtake you. They'll run you down and overtake you when we're together in unity. Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> Number five, a unified church will receive. This is just, will receive the blessing of God. And number six, a unified church is led by a unified leadership team. I just, I just threw that in there because I, I, I want to just, I just want to touch on it very briefly for a few seconds. I want to let you know that your leadership team, your elders of this church and your ministry leaders, Jody, Carrie, those of this church, uh, we are together in unity like never before. And, you know, and that doesn't mean we don't come together. Maybe we see some things different, but I'm telling you, this team, I mean, I have full confidence in the team, and, and it's not just because of the people. I love all of the people, but it's because God is doing a thing in us. God is doing something in us, and I don't even know if all of us fully see it, but God is doing something in us, bringing us together, and as long as we seek him to have the mind of Christ, we're going to make it. <laughs> We are going to make it. We are, uh, uh, we are leaders who channel our ambition into the church and not just into personal ministry. That's what I can promise you about these leaders. We, we're, we're fighting to set up the next generation. We're not just thinking about ourselves. Come on. And that's what you get. That's what you get. And then finally, uh, 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 the results of spiritual unity, a unified church will have unified prayer. And we're having prayer this month, the end of this month. Unified church will have unified prayer, but not just powerful prayer, with powerful results. A unified team will have powerful, a unified church will have powerful prayer with powerful results. With powerful results. Jesus said again, I say to you, that if two of you on earth, two of you on earth, agree concerning anything that they ask, 
I, you can look it up in the Greek. You can, you can do all the research on it. And I guarantee it's going to bring, bring you right back to if two of you on earth agree. Two of you. Who's he talking to? He's talking to two saints. If two of you would come together, only two of you on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. In heaven. We read back in Acts uh, chapter 4, so when they heard that they raised their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. They came together with one accord. Do you know that there will be nothing impossible to you if we agree together, if we make sure that we're a unified church? There is a blessing in being unified. And not just coming to church. There is a blessing in fellowship. That's why we do it. You see, our agape fests and uh, all of the things that we do are not just so we can get together and eat. But it's a commandment from the Lord. It's a commandment that we come together in fellowship and be unified and break bread together. For all of you who are on keto, Jesus said it. Break bread. In fact, he said, I am the bread of life. Right? And so when we come together and break bread together, there is an anointing, there is a glory that comes along with it. If you don't get anything out of just this little portion today about being unified, understand that God commands the blessing. It's in Psalm 133. You need to jot that down. Psalm 133, read all verse 1, 2, and 3. Don't just read God will command the blessing, but read that behold how good and pleasant it is for uh, the brethren to come together, dwell together in unity. And it's like this and it's like that. Why? Because there the Lord commands the blessing upon you. So many of us are, are looking for things in so many different places and we don't understand that God is saying, I'm right here. My word is right here. Start speaking my word. Start living my word. Come together in unity. Don't be off by yourself. Come together in unity. Let's come together. And if you do that, I am commanding the blessing upon you. And I want to tell you this. I, I just want to throw this in there. I want to say that the Lord is saying today, he's not saying that I will command the blessing. He's saying that I am commanding the blessing. I am commanding the blessing upon you.